can I talk to you guys about the coolest thing that I think is happening in, in my world right now? It's like, I actually, right before this, I just got off a call with this group. Can I, can I riff a little on something I just think is so cool? Give us the details. <laughs> this is Lit and Lucid, your after work de-stress smoke sesh podcast. I'm your host, Lit. And I'm your host, Lucid. And we're going to take you on a journey. A journey to discover the truth and find the balance. Every week, we get deep on those thought-provoking topics that ooze out of the cannabis universe. But we also keep it real by illuminating important issues and people in today's culture. So kick back, consume your favorite cannabis products, and get cozy cozy in the the Lit and Lucid lifestyle. What's up, everybody? We are here in season 10 of the show. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have a very special guest, Max Simon. He is the CEO and founder of Green Flower Media. What's up, Max? Oh, good to be with you guys. Welcome. I know we've been trying to get you on the show, and we finally all found time to, to meet up. And I think that kind of speaks to, to how crazy life has been ever since and how good, you know, maybe business is booming and, you know, people are into cannabis these days. So thank you for, thank you for taking the time. Oh, good to be with you guys. Yeah, and I know over the past few months, we have all been in the middle of a lot between COVID and elections and life. It seems our collective ethos is somewhat anxious, and one silver lining in all of this is that many are turning to cannabis for relief. I know here in Colorado, Colorado is even an established state, and we've set some sales records for cannabis sales, and there's a lot of other, you know, the other nine or other 11, I guess, recreational states have also set some records, and people are definitely softening up to cannabis and using it, I, I, I would assume, for probably some personal wellness. What do you think, Max? Yeah, I think that, you know, the thing that's been uh, both a blessing and a curse with cannabis is how misunderstood it is, right? And so for most of my life, I, everybody told me that it was bad for me and, you know, it was going to turn me into a lazy, unproductive, stupid person, <laughs> essentially. Um, but uh, it turns out that's, that's actually not true at all. Uh, it turns out that that it's got tremendous benefits and that, um, more than being kind of a social lubricant, which is where people tend to use substances, it actually has a, a huge wellness element to it as well. And I think that, you know, whether it's from uh, podcasts like yours or or platforms like Green Flower, we're, we're doing a better and better job at, at helping the world understand that this is something much greater than they thought it was. And science is only making, you know, its validations more and more thorough. So it's a, it's a, good time for cannabis. I think this is definitely a a shift in collective consciousness that is getting stronger and stronger by the day. I like that. Yeah. And I think, I think, you know, what a better time to to make a shift when, um, you know, there's a lot of different things happening in the world. And I know cannabis is a huge part of that conversation and uh, mental health is a huge part of the conversation these days. And there really is a total, you know, perfect merger between the two in there somewhere. And um, I know you yourself, you have a little bit of experience using cannabis for personal wellness. Um, you know, talk, talk to us about your journey in starting to use cannabis. Yeah. I mean, I personally kind of declare myself a, a health and wellness nut. I, I'm one of those people that just does an extraordinary amount for my health and wellness. But um, at the same time, I've my whole life struggled immensely with ADD. Um, and in fact, even probably about seven years ago now, I went and did a whole week of brain testing to really understand and analyze my brain. And um, oh, cool. no surprises, it just came out that I have pretty severe ADHD. <laughs> um, but it's been an issue my whole life, and, and it's caused a lot of challenges. And even though I was diagnosed early, and even though you know they had 
certain solutions, none of them worked. And I've tried everything. I've tried everything from pharmacological solutions and, and different medicines to herbal solutions to mind-body medicine solutions to spiritual solutions to, you know, kind of everything, actually. I mean, I really fundamentally feel like if it was considered to be something that was designed to help me, I've tried it. And um, cannabis was never, ever a part of that conversation in any modality I went to, in any doctor I went to, in any vehicle I went to. Um, and yet I uh, can remember so vividly the first time I consumed cannabis as a teenager. And I remember the, literally the moment it kicked in, the thought I had to myself was, I bet you this is what normal people feel like. Wow. And so I had this profound and, you know, I continued to consume my whole life essentially, but was very closeted about it and, and never said anything or told anybody and certainly didn't, um, I just didn't talk about it. But, uh, you know, the year was 2013 and I started to look for just the next chapter of my career. And I actually ended up taking on a, a consulting client, which ended up being the the second vape pen company in California at that time. Um, I should say legal vape pen company. And, and it was through that experience that really I started to look more deeply into everything about cannabis and the cannabis industry. And it was through that period that I had a few epiphanies. You know, one, was that that scientifically this has a lot more benefit than anybody knew about and that for my particular condition of, of ADD it had a lot of promise even though it was all anecdotal there was a, a lot of promise to it and then the second insight I had is that there was no source of credibility and education in this space and that that was something my unique background was able to create which is what formed green flower and so even though I've been a, a cannabis consumer my whole life, essentially, I mean, I'm going on a few decades now of pretty consistent cannabis use. I mean, there was a little period where I stopped for a few months, essentially, but for the most part, I've been almost a daily or weekly consumer, you know, my whole life. Uh, and and now with the knowledge I'm equipped with and the education I have, quite frankly, from Green Flower, I've been able to dial it in to the point where it's just such a profoundly impactful part of my life. And I can use it to not only manage my ADHD, but I use it in my relationship to really create the most loving connected relationship. And I use it for creativity to help me be the best CEO. And I use it to show up in my leadership capacities as a better leader. And I've really dialed in how it works best for me. So I'm a loud and proud cannabis consumer now. And you know, also really grateful to be impacting millions of people with Green Flower. Absolutely. And, and you know, one thing that you touched on was, um, you know, you, you started this whole thing with you had the brain scans that showed that, you know, you do in fact have ADD. And um, one of my questions here that you answered right off the bat was, you know, do you struggle with the inevitable question of, you know, is ADD and ADHD even real? And um, I think just for, you know, a little bit of a disclaimer here, ADD and ADHD can be extremely debilitating depending on, you know, how severe it is. And it really is kind of on a, a little bit of a sliding scale. But when you add in comorbidity substances, you know, anxiety and depression, it can really confound your life. And um, that's where a lot of people just get thrown on pharmaceutical interventions. And I totally loved how you pointed out that with cannabis, you've, you know, you made that distinction of like, is this how normal people feel? And I'll be honest, when I got put on the first ADHD medications to help me, they didn't even make, they made me feel worse, like totally like a totally different person. And I thought, the first thing I thought was there's no way this is going to be a long-term solution because there's no way I want to live my life like this for the rest of my life. I don't want to take these pills and feel weird and feel it's like- basically speed. 
<laughs> totally speed. You know, yeah. I mean, I took all the different forms of those pills too. And it was basically, you know, it's basically speed. And so it did slow me down a little bit, which isn't, you know, a funny thing to say, but that's where they know that you've got an ADHD brain is that it, it actually has a reverse effect. But you know, you, I, for me, I lost all my appetite. I couldn't sleep. I was paranoid. I mean, I got all these symptoms that I was definitely not in favor of. Um, and that's the thing that's so incredible about cannabis. I mean, there, there are a few things that are not optimal about cannabis. I mean, it's not a perfect solution, but you know, it's pretty darn close. And I think that's uh, an amazing thing to have something that can be so valuable and so natural and so affordable um, and so accessible uh, as long as you're willing to go down that path and learn about it. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's kind of what I usually posit the people too, is that it's not a, it's not a one size fits all. And then even if you're using cannabis, it's going to be a while for you to determine your route of administration and which products work best. And if it's CBD or THC, and there's a little bit of playing with it to kind of find it, but, and you're totally right. It's just like, it's so much better than whatever the doctor is going to prescribe you. And it's just a whole different world, really. And this is ultimately, again, why we started Green Flower is, you know, Green Flower is an education and training company. And so where do you need education and training in cannabis? Well, there's many people, whether you're a medical practitioner or you're an individual that just simply don't understand how to dial in that dose or find the right products or understand the delivery methods or the mechanisms of action and all that other stuff. And so I feel really proud that we've been able to train, I think on the medical side, you know, tens of thousands of people to benefit from cannabis because there isn't that guidance out there. And in our medical profession is so woefully um, unprepared and misrepresenting what this plant can do. And so it, you know, it just takes people like us at the moment for better or worse to be able to get out there and say, well, you know, you may not know anything about this, but it really does help us, <laughs> you know? And, and so some more and more of those stories that come forward, the more people start to open up and, and, and take it seriously. Yeah. And uh, I saw that you guys are also starting to work with, you know, university and colleges on cannabis curriculums. Jared was actually part of the CSU Pueblo Cannabis Insti Research Institute. So I know colleges and universities are starting to, you know, become a little bit more aware of this subject and bringing it to the masses and the students as well. Uh, what are you guys doing in terms of that? Yeah, it's been really amazing because, you know, we develop cannabis curriculums and we, we touch all four areas of the space. We have cannabis curriculums in medical, in the medical side, in the business side, in the law and policy side, and in the agriculture side. And in 2018, you know, our, our programs were getting so rigorous and, and so deep that we started to approach colleges. And um, in the beginning, I, I will admit it was like, speaking a foreign language. I mean, we would get people laughing at us and, you know, discounting it as just something stupid. And, you know, basically everybody in, in that we spoke to, which was across the country, was kind of saying no way. And, and then there started to, for some reason, be a shift in 2019, but not a huge one, but just enough where schools started to at least kind of open it up and take it seriously. And literally then COVID hit. And all of a sudden, all these schools that are losing students and are struggling with enrollments and are having to go to all online, it's kind of like they just got to the place where they said, you know what, we have to take this seriously. And in 2020, we've signed eight school partnerships this year alone. 
to be able to bring these programs to uh, to schools online. And so, you know, and they're great schools. UC Riverside uh, is offering all four of our cannabis programs and actually is the first school in the nation that is going to make those certificate programs accredited so that they can be for credit opportunities. And it goes all the way across the country, you know, Mount uh, Aloysius in Pennsylvania and Northern Michigan University out in Michigan and Florida Atlantic University out in Florida. And so it's been great. And and I think the, again, to the point you said earlier, the pandemic has actually been a huge win for cannabis because it's gone from illegal to essential and it's be, uh, become a bigger and bigger revenue generator and, you know, medical wellness option, as well as a income and job creator, which is what higher education pays attention to. And so I never would have expected this to happen as quickly and as as aggressively as it has. But, you know, in some ways, we're, we're quite grateful that things have gone down the way they are, because all of a sudden, higher education is now taking this really, really seriously. Absolutely. And, and one funny anecdote that I always bring up is that, you know, five years ago, it wasn't so nuanced and so nice. You know, when I started the working in the Institute of Cannabis Research at CSU Pueblo, it was only the second university in the entire nation that was studying cannabis. And there was a lot of stress from all the administration, from professors. I had people hounding me about, you know, what are you guys doing? Smoking weed in the basement. And I had this, you know, an hour long, you know, talk to talk from, I guess, from our professor saying, you only speak with the word cannabis. You don't mention weed. You don't mention marijuana. And if people ask you, we're only studying CBD. And it was pretty intense. And so now, you know, five years later, it's it's kind of nice to look back and realize, oh man, okay, that was probably because we were just the first, we were pushing the bar, kind of putting ourselves out there. But I kind of took it personal. I was like, what are these people talking about, man? If they only knew the science that I've read in the last six months, uh, you know, their eyes would be spinning with why the hell isn't this legalized already? And it's good to see that five years later, I think we're at that tipping point now where it's like the research is out there. You know, I think the science is there to back it up. I think people, unfortunately, are put in a bad spot now with the, the economy and kind of forced to look at other angles. But I still think it's the research that's holding strong here. And then the lack thereof research in the United States, I think, that's also going to propel this thing forward. Yeah, I, you know, I, I feel like I've got a really nice perspective on the development because of my time at Chopra. Um, you know, I was I was at the Chopra Center building their products division and their digital strategy from about 2003 to a little before 2009, and and at that time in the early 2000s, you know, it's hard to think back then, but but meditation and yoga was just like cannabis in some ways. It was very stigmatized and it was misunderstood and it was seen as something that people in the mountains do and not something that has any place in modern day society. And it wasn't backed by any science and it had all this stigma to it. But because of the truth, you know, because of what was actually true about it, whether it was the science or the stories, um, and through good content and good storytelling and good spokespeople, I watched as society changed their perspective and I watched as people embraced it over time and I watched as it turned from a little industry into a huge industry. And so I have this unwavering confidence that cannabis will become everything it's destined to be. And in many ways, I actually think it'll be far bigger than 
you know, the meditation movement was, if you will, because it has even wider implications. And so I always just remind people, don't worry, you know, it, it'll change, it'll shift. It may not happen as quickly as we all wanted, but actually, I, even when I say that, I'll be honest, I feel like cannabis's progress is going way faster than the meditation movement ever did. And so I, I just have overwhelming certainty that uh, at some point, not only are we going to fully legalize this, but it'll become an embraced and accepted. And, and I actually fundamentally believe the vast majority of human beings on planet Earth will be consuming some form of cannabis for whether they're wellness or social or personal needs. Absolutely. And I love that. We definitely wanted to dive into, you know, your experience with Deepak Chopra. I listen to him all the time. I teach cannabis yoga classes and I'm always pulling up Deepak's meditations. I just think it's so interesting how he gives everybody a little offering before his meditations um, and a centering thought. And I just think he does a really good job. So when I found out that you worked with him, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Um, but I think that it's also interesting. You guys were an early pioneer, like you said, of meditation and yoga. That really wasn't a thing in the early 2000s. And now everybody owns a yoga mat and everybody wants to, you know, quote unquote, meditate and, you know, work on their health and wellness. Um, so I think that, you know, it does give you that inspiration and that motivation to move forward in the cannabis industry, because I think you really already had that experience working through um, being a pioneer through meditation. Uh, so I, I'm sure that, you know, Green Flower, they've been around since 2014. You know, that was a little bit before this whole cannabis movement really started to come to fruition. Uh, so I think you definitely have all the experience you need to move forward with your company. Yeah, it was it was a really special blend for me because again, you know, I I loved my time at Chopra. I mean, I'm still really close friends with Deepak, and I um, I attribute so much of my career actually to the chance that he gave me to help build something with him. And and when I was in this period in 2013, and I was kind of just looking for what's next, and cannabis came into the picture for me. It, it was such a, a genesis of all of my interests because I had been a closeted cannabis consumer for, you know, what, 15 years back then, 16 years back then. And when I discovered kind of the evidence of how good it was and how beneficial it was and how much opportunity there was, and I blended that with my own background in, you know, digital media and reaching the masses and creating content and building an authority platform, an authority voice, it was just this perfect mix of ingredients to kind of come together to help me start this company. And I will admit, cannabis has been the most difficult thing I've ever done. Um, the, the business and the fundraising and the political landscape and you know all of it is very, very challenging as a landscape to operate in. But I also believe that this is some of the most purposeful work that I've ever done. And it feels really good because we get so many stories of, you know, how we've impacted people's lives, whether it's personally, whether it's from a career standpoint, or whether it's from empowering the industry to um, be better educated and, and use that knowledge to better serve customers. So it's a great ride. It's been difficult and challenging. And I really feel like I don't know how I could have done all this without cannabis, to be honest with you, but um, I'm grateful that I'm in the middle of it. And I'm sure grateful that I still have the plant so close to me as an aid. That's so cool. I have a, I have a question. So what do you think, what do, maybe, you know, what do you think Deepak thinks of utilizing cannabis for health and wellness and, you know, in coercion with, you know, meditation and yoga? 
Yeah, um, and Deepak's been through a bunch of our programs, so I, I know intimately what How he thinks. How cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, Deepak. I mean, when I started this whole thing, he reached out and he he was curious about it. Um, I think that that Deepak first and foremost is a is a believer in a bunch of things that align with cannabis. Deepak is a believer in in plant medicines and in natural wellness medicines, and so for people that you know are really dealing with ailments and conditions, he's a huge supporter of it when it's beneficial. Um, Deepak in particular is a proponent of consciousness expansion. And I think that that there's a a line there that is still being developed in terms of how that's utilized for beneficial purposes versus how that's being used for some people to check out. And so I think that, you know, he we've had some very light conversations about responsibility and responsible use. Um, and so I think that, you know, he's kind of in a still a curiosity and a not a certain declaration of how to best navigate those phases. But fundamentally, you know, Deepak is about consciousness expansion. And if if the tool of cannabis is a vehicle to do that, um, I know that he's in support of that. I know that him personally, he has a lot of experience with plant medicines and different, you know, uh, experiences that expand consciousness as well. So, you know, all in all, he's a supporter. He's he's not just a blatant supporter where it's, you know, anybody should do everything. I mean, in some senses, I guess he is because he's a very much a person of freedom, but I, he's not like an activist, I should say, or an advocate, but he's also very open and he's very curious and he definitely agrees that the medicinal value of cannabis has a, an enormous amount of potential. I like that. Yeah. And I, I kind of agree with Deepak. That was one of my big sayings too. When I first started getting into cannabis and becoming an advocate for it and especially advocating for ADHD and, and PTSD and some other modalities, I always kind of told people, you know, you don't necessarily want to use cannabis as a crutch just to lean on and depend on. I think you want to use cannabis as a tool to figure out, you know, where's your homeostasis? Like you said at the very beginning of this, cannabis made you normal. And so I think what people need to do is figure out, you know, what is normal? What is normal to them? And then incorporate cannabis, but then also incorporate, you know, yoga, incorporate movement, incorporate healthy eating, meditation, um, going to the gym, uh, you know, journaling, like thinking healthy thoughts. I think there's all these other things that, you know, cannabis may be able to take off the edge initially, but then you should definitely be incorporating other avenues of wellness into your body so that you don't have to depend on cannabis or be using quote unquote, you know, drugs, I guess, to, to reach that state of enlightenment. I think that's, that's kind of what I've learned. And that's what I've always stood by is, you know, I think it's definitely a tool, but it should be used in moderation and in conjunction with other methods. Yeah. I mean, I, the way I think about it is that, um, cannabis puts you into a different state of consciousness. And that different state of consciousness has things about it that are really valuable. And it has things about it that could be less valuable, depending on how you harness it. So for me, the fundamental value is that first and foremost, it lets me slow down to what I would imagine is somewhat of a more normal pace. I mean, the way I describe my own ex life experiences, you know, these days I'm waking up for whatever reason, a little before 5 a.m., not by choice, but I'm just waking up. In the first moment I wake up, it feels like I've already had five shots of espresso in my veins. And from that moment at 5 a.m. until I go to sleep at 11 p.m., that still five shots of espresso is in my veins at all times of the day. And so cannabis is the first thing I've ever done in, in my whole life that allows me to settle that energy down a little bit. 
and come back to, again, what I would imagine is more of a normal speed, a normal pace for people. And that's like my foundation. So that's why I use it medicinally as a medicine to me. But outside of that, right, I've really looked deeply at like, what does the cannabis consciousness do? And it does a few things. One, it, you know, because it impacts the memory centers of the brain, you also can forget a lot of the things that are traumatic or disturbing or negative. And, or you can forget about the things that, you know, are responsible or, or, or actually good parts of your life. And so that's the line is you want to use it at certain times to forget about your deficiencies and limitations and old stories, but you don't want to overuse it to forget about your responsibilities or the things that are valuable to your life. So it has that forgetting effect. Then it also has this state of consciousness, which is kind of euphoric and grateful and appreciative. And as somebody, again, who's always been so hyperactive, what it means is I'm always moving on to the next thing. But for me, that kind of euphoric quality of THC helps me to start to see the world from a place where I'm not always just going, 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 but I can be more appreciative of what's happening and enjoy the journey. And so that's been instrumental to me. And then the third part I see is that because it puts you in a different state of consciousness and in many ways a more elevated state of consciousness, you can look at yourself and you know how you operate and how you think and what your beliefs are from a different place, a different state of consciousness that's not so hooked into it. And so I've used that as a way to really shape my mindset, my belief systems, my attitudes about the world to be more positive, to be more evolutionary, to be more beneficial because I'm separated from that level of thinking and conditioning and automatic reactions. And so to me, the state of cannabis consciousness can be really harnessed in powerful and valuable ways. But again, it needs to be intentional and you need the guidance and you need to make sure that you are using it in the right ways to get the right benefits. Because in the wrong settings, that forgetfulness can be really damaging. That relaxing quality for some people can make them overly lazy or overly reclusive. And for some people, they can lean on that state of consciousness so much that they stop engaging with the world. And so, you know, there's this line to walk, but certainly I found that walking that line um, consistently has made me a better person, you know, and that's, that's what I feel like is the truth of cannabis. That was solid. That was an amazing. That was great. Yeah. I just kind of want to take like a moment to pause because <laughs> that was I'm some good to, like, stuff. Think through it all. That was like a deep moment there, Max. Thank you. I think one thing you talked about, you know, you might be the first, first of all, to explain it that way, because I think it makes so much sense of just that line. And the other half of that is that intention. I think that's why intention is so important with these different medicinals you use is that because of that, you have to set your intention. You have to state what you want out of it. Otherwise, you're just going to be floating there in the ethos and like, who knows what's going to happen to you? And I mean, you know, maybe that's what some people want. Maybe that's what some people need. Um, but I think in the big picture, like you said, I think you have to determine like, what are you trying to get out of it and then stay focused and set your intentions and, you know, don't just waste your time on it. And that's why, you know, I agree with you. Cannabis is not the, the solution. It's just another tool. 
And, um, you know, I, 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 I talk about my practices, but I, sometimes I feel like it sounds like I'm like puffing myself up, which I definitely don't like, but I have like an insane daily practice regimen that I, that I employ in my own life. Yeah, let's hear and it. cannabis is just one tiny part of that, you know? And so I'm a huge believer that it's a great tool, but it can, it can, and should only be one tool in your toolbox. Yeah. And that's kind of what we do, you know, with like our yoga and meditation practices, as Jared was mentioning intention, like we always start our class, like, what is your intention? Why did you come to a cannabis yoga class? There's a reason why you're turning towards the plant. So it's important for us to reflect on that. And then I also think, you know, once we start utilizing the cannabis for meditation, for, you know, yoga and stretching, it allows you to connect a little bit deeper to your mind, your body and your spirit in a much different way than I would normally would, you know, I I like to meditate in the mornings, listening to Deepak, you know, before I start my day and, you know, I can connect and it'll take a little bit time for me to settle down and, you know, get a couple of rounds of breathing in and meditation. But honestly, when I sit down and consume cannabis intentionally have, you know, one intentional puff, allowing it to kind of just consume your whole body, you can really connect much deeper, much deeper into the present moment, which is really key. Like you were mentioning, you know, you kind of go through your day and don't really experience things as you should, but the cannabis really allows you to slow down. Uh, so I think that's a really important part of the cannabis consciousness as well. Yeah. There, there's so many things that this plant can be used for. And that's, you know, why I'm so passionate about education is that when you start to get into it, you realize, holy smokes, cannabis touches a whole lot of things in this world. It does touch health and wellness. It does touch personal development, but it also touches policy and government and finance and money and, you know, socio-political issues and socioeconomic issues. And it, it touches, you know, equality and it touches, um, you know, agriculture and it touches manufacturing and it touches uh, consumer products, goods, and it touches marketing. And, you know, it's so crazy how this one plant that quite frankly, literally grows like a weed has such almost immeasurable impacts on our society. And at the same time, nobody knows it. <laughs> you know, not nobody, but like a very, very tiny fraction of the world really knows it and understands it. And to me, that's the opportunity. It was the same kind of thing with meditation. It was like, whoa, I can't believe people don't get the value of this thing. And, and cannabis has about a thousand fold magnitude of benefits and opportunities. So it's a great time to be alive in this cannabis renaissance. You know, one of our um, investors and partners and, and, you know, experts is Steve D'Angelo, who's been doing this for uh, almost 50 years now. And I remember in the very beginning when we started engaging with him, he said something to me I'll never forget. He said, Max, cannabis is like water. You can put up walls, you can put up barriers, you can put up divisions, but ultimately it's always going to find its way back to the people. And, and what I learned is that even though it's taken all this time, this is the opportunity that we have right now. We're in the moment where it's becoming accepted. We're in the moment where it's becoming legalized. We're in the moment where it's opening up. And that's just special. You know, it's not something that most of us get to happen in our lifetimes. And I feel remarkably blessed that I've gotten to do it twice now. But, you know, we're right there. We're right there. So everybody should be real excited about it because it's not something that happens in most people's lifetimes ever. 
even myself, you know, I was kind of at the precipice when this started and I'm still blown away by how far we've come in just an incredibly short amount of time. And part of that is kind of watching your company grow. And like you just mentioned that it isn't just personal wellness and health and wellness and cannabis and yoga and cannabis and this and cannabis and that. It's like cannabis and banking and regulations and bud tender training and, you know, understanding what even is cannabis and there's a lot of stuff that your company's had to kind of get up to speed on and then basically dig into the trenches and try to get the cannabis industry up to speed. And I'm sure that's just like a process of its own that had to be incredible to watch. Of I highly doubt that, you know, 10 years ago, you thought that you're going to have all the different offerings and, and green flower media was going to be what it was. Well, I'll tell you. So that's a funny story because um, when I started green flower, it was predominantly uh, an education platform for individuals. And we still are to that. We, and in fact, very soon, I don't know when this is dropping, but um, there's a whole new platform that we're releasing that's really cool that'll let everybody experience all of our courses individually and, and really get deep into the weeds and kind of any subject in cannabis. And so that's where we started. And then, you know, like I said, in about 2019 and into this year, we started working with schools and that brought me into this higher education universe, which has been really fascinating to work with institutions that are, you know, very old, very slow moving, oftentimes very conservative, but to open them up to cannabis. And that's been cool. And then we have this third part of the business, which actually has uses our technology and our, you know, now at this point, multi-thousand hour library of cannabis content to train cannabis companies. And so we bring the technology and the library and all of the guidance we have into companies and basically become the training arm of cannabis companies. And so it's so fun to me that this thing that started really as a personal mission, right? I, I thought to myself, I need a credible source for information to help me understand how to use this for my own health and wellness challenges has now turned into something that is still touching individuals at a mass scale, but is also touching higher education institutions and is also touching cannabis companies. And, you know, actually one of the other things we announced this year was our partnership with AFTA, which is the government to train government officials across the country in cannabis. And so it is, you know, the beauty of this space is that we are all charting new, new trails and we're at the very beginning of it. I, I often say now we're at probably at the top of the second inning. I think the first inning's over. I think we're probably at the top of the second but that means we're still real early on in the game and that that's you know opportunity for all but that's what you need right you need all the parties to be equally educated and aware of what's going on or we're never going to move to federal legalization and you know benefits for everybody so while it might start at the consumers you have to go to the institutes and the colleges and the government you know everybody has to be on board yeah it was like a year ago it was like a year ago, I believe, we had LEAF 411 on. And LEAF 411 is an organization that um, helps to train nurses. And it was like, even a year ago, we were struggling to get medical professionals to even accept it, and let alone even like RNs or LPNs and anybody to even address patients. And um, it's just like, it's a process. You have to definitely get everybody on board. Can I talk to you guys about the coolest thing that I think is happening in, in my world right now? It's like, I actually, right before this, I just got off a call with this group. Can I, can I riff a little on something I just think is so Please cool? Do. Give us the details. <laughs> so um, it was in 2018 that we started this project, but essentially what we realized was that 
the arguably one of the most important roles in the cannabis industry is the people that touch the consumers. You know, in many places they call them bud tenders, but in other places they call them patient consultants or, you know, or even just salespeople. And, and everybody is a kind of aware, it's a dirty little secret of the cannabis industry that most bud tenders are not very well-trained, not very well-educated. And in many cases, the company is only paying them minimum wage anyways. And so, you know, there's not a lot of incentive there. But we recognize that that, that, that place that was interacting with consumers was, was arguably one of the most important in the whole sector because that's what's giving that guidance and giving that knowledge. And so we ended up assembling this 18-person council of what we have discovered is essentially some of the most experienced cannabis people in the world. These are people that have been doing it for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, and also have transitioned, though, into the legal space. And we built this thing called the Gangier Certification, which we just are starting to tease now. It's not actually even coming out until January of 2021. But over the last two years, it's taken us 8,000 hours of time. We've put in you know, an enormous amount of effort into building this certification program called the Gangier. And it is modeled after the wine sommelier's uh, structure. <laughs> where it's quite rigorous and quite deep. Um, it has multiple levels of certification. It's an extensive program. It takes about a minimum of six months to go through it. But as a result of this Gangier certification, we will create an entirely new class of cannabis professional and one that is certified to assess the true quality of cannabis flower and concentrates and to use that knowledge to provide accurate standardized service to consumers. And we're so excited about this, not only because of the cool factor of it. I mean, we developed all these new protocols for how you assess cannabis and how you interact with individual consumers. And the training is so amazing and cool. But more importantly, the purpose of it is to really build a level of sophistication, both on the product side, the product knowledge side, but also in terms of the communication side. And how do we start to standardize what quality looks like and how we recommend cannabis to consumers and how we guide people to the right services. And that whole ecosystem just feels so purposeful to us right now. And so I just got off the phone with the council where we're, you know, again, another council meeting that we've done to debate and discuss it. But I really encourage everybody that's, you know, kind of, um, I would call us cannabis geeks to go to the Gangier website and uh, get on the email list and get early into that access because what that's turning into is just just amazing. And we'll have, I call it my 100-year project because I'm certain that the Gangiers will still be serving the cannabis industry for the next 100 years. That's so cool. How do you spell that, Gangier? G-A-N-J-I-E-R, Gangier. So do you envision like would dispensaries come to you and, you know, get their staff trained or these individuals coming to you and getting certified on their own and hopefully looking for a premium at their job after that? Or how does that work? Exactly. All all of the above. I mean, when we've really mapped and developed this out, we feel like every dispensary on the planet should have a Gangier on staff because that'll be the people that will curate the menus. If you actually, most, I didn't actually know a ton about sommeliers. I'm not a, I don't drink any alcohol. 
Um, but, uh, but what I've learned over the last few years is that the sommeliers curate the menus. So they're the mm -hmm. buyers. They are the people that train the staff. They're the people that when customers have, you know, high level questions or need information specifically that's more advanced, they go to. And they're the people that oftentimes are guiding the kind of the brand and the messaging around, in this case, wine. And so in the cannabis industry, you can see all the places that will be so valuable, mm -hmm. right? In the buying behaviors to know what products should and shouldn't be purchased, in training of the staff, in making sure that the protocols for those dispensaries are designed to provide the highest level of service, and in product companies and R&D and you know, developments, they can be there to really steward the development of what those quality products should look like. And so, yes, Retailers should have them, manufacturers should have them, but ultimately this will fall on the, the weight of the individual. And, you know, we've created a, a certain requirement that you can't get the Ganjie training unless you actually go through the certification. And that way it upholds a level of quality and service that will be really valuable to the industry moving forward. I love that. Oh, I love it too. I can't wait to see one at a dispensary. I know. I want to be one. I know. It's so cool. I know. <laughs> it's really cool. I'll admit, you know, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of fun stuff that I get to work on, but Grandier just like excites me to every cell in my body. And um, yeah, go check it out. Just you guys can go see. I mean, it's 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 just really cool. <laughs> I yeah. love that. Gangier, is it Gangier.com? Yep. Gangier.com. Gangier.com. Get there. Check it out. That's like, that's probably the coolest thing I've heard of yet. So. So stoked you brought that up. Thanks, Max. All right. Well, thank you, Max, for being on the show and sharing your vast amount of knowledge about cannabis and your passion for the plant. We really appreciate it. Yeah, I really appreciate being here. And I, I consider everybody who's creating content in the cannabis industry to be allies. You know, I, um, I tend to notice that in some pockets, there's a lot of competition. And I first, I think that's stupid. We're too early on in the process, but even more importantly, you know, there's just so much information and education that needs to get out there. So grateful for what you guys do and happy to be a part of it. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for being on and thank you for sharing your knowledge and doing what you're doing and, and for, you know, definitely taking the risk and putting yourself out there with, you know, your personal stories and, and taking the leap of faith back in 2014 to, to bring education to everybody. I think we appreciate it. And I think a lot of other people will appreciate it now and, and in the future. Awesome. I do have one question, though, for you. Are you a lit or are you a lucid person? What does that mean? I'm both. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> like, you're both. Well, you're our first person we asked, and it's kind of like the new little thing of our show. So that's our show is based off of, you know, lit and lucid. And Lucy's more of a lit personality. And I'm kind of like a I'm more lucid where I'm like a deep thinker and you know, let's like have fun, smoke weed, kind of carefree, just hanging out. Well, and then lucid. I'm definitely like, more of the lucid person. <laughs> there we go. Nice. Our first answer, man. We nailed it. <laughs> Our first person. Perfect. <laughs> I like it. Cool. All right. Thank you, Max. And with that, I'm lit. I'm lucid. And that's it. Laters. Yeah.